Good morning, and welcome to Drawing the Morning. This is Stuart McClellan, the pastor of the Altoona Bible Church. We are conveniently located at Union Avenue and 31st Street on Route 36, the Columbia Park section of Altoona. We hope that this broadcast will help you think on the things of the Lord as you prepare your heart for ministry among the saints today. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible study. Listen now as the Altoona Bible Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with a song entitled, God is Great and God is Good.
There's a story of a mountain guide in Switzerland who had formed a close relationship with a hunchback who operated a refreshment stand at the foot of one of the great mountain peaks. He sold coffee and sandwiches to people who were making the climb to the top. All his life he had lived in the shadow of this mighty mountain, but he had never been able to make the climb himself. Often, the guide upon starting out would turn and look back and see the hunchback following them with his eyes, an expression of great longing on his face. And the guide understood what was in the fellow's heart. So one day, when there was no party to take to the peak, the guide stopped by and had a cup of coffee and chatted a while. How would you like to go to the top with me today? The guide asked the hunchback. A light gleamed in the eyes of the hunchback for a moment, and then it turned to shadow. He said, Oh, how I would love to do that, but I'd never be able to. The climb would be impossible for me, much as I would like to give it and to make it. That all depends on how much you want to do it, the guide said. I want to climb so much, said the hunchback, that if I could do it just once, I would be willing to die. That is how much I want to go to the top. Then let us be on our way. I will take you there, the guide said. No, I'm too weak, the hunchback answered. But I am strong, was the reply. When your strength gives out, then I will take over, and when you fall, I will help you up. Finally, he was able to persuade the fellow to make the effort, and they set out that day to the halfway house. Lame and weary from the previous day's endeavor, the hunchback was afraid to start out the next day. But at the urging of his friend, he left at dawn for the final ascent of the peak. Before long, his strength began to fail. The guide sat down with him for a while and then encouraged him to go on, and once more they were on their way. Then at a steeper place, the guide attached a rope to his friend and helped him onward until the hunchback said that he had gone as far as he could go. He was utterly exhausted with only a short distance yet to go. After a rest, the guide put his big, strong arm around the shoulders of the hunchback and half carrying him step by step urged him upward until finally they stood at the summit. After spending several minutes drinking in in the breathtaking view, the hunchback turned to the guide, and his eyes swimming with tears said, I would have been willing to give my life for this, and you have brought me here. Now I owe my life to you. Ask anything of me you want, and if it is in my power, I will give it to you. On our way to heaven, we have a guide like this, Lord Jesus Christ. He does not just lead the way and leave us to follow. He helps us along each step of the way, and our attitude should be the same as the hunchbacks. We should be willing to give him anything that is in our power to give, our lives, our time, our money, because it is such a privilege to be able to follow him. Listen now as Carol Johnson, Cheryl Howman, and Penny Harris sing for us this beautiful song entitled, Where No One Stands Alone.
You are listening to Join the Morning, which is presented each Sunday at the same time by the Altoona Bible Church. We begin with our Sunday school hour at 9.30. Then at 10.45, we all gather in the main auditorium for a morning worship service. We invite you to listen to or watch our church services. Our services are on Facebook at Sunday at 11 o'clock and 7 p.m. and Wednesday night at 7.15 p.m. We invite you to visit our website at www.altoonabible.org. Also, we're on the Johnstown Altoona Access Channels 9 and 14. And there are services available on the local radio stations on Sunday at 11 o'clock, 12 noon, and 7 p.m. If you have any questions concerning our church services, please call the church office at 942-2131. Listen now as Buddy Hand plays for us in the trumpet this wonderful song, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. At the beginning of the Revolutionary War, Colonel Moultrie was assigned the task of defending the city of Charleston, South Carolina. A fort was needed to defend the harbor, but the conventional building materials were not available. Colonel Moultrie decided to use a double wall construction of the only available material, the spongy, soft palmetto tree. Everyone thought the fort would give way with the first strike of a cannon. Sir Peter Parker, the British naval officer in charge, led the onslaught. As the men of war approached the island, all nine ships fired simultaneously. The volley fell short, but the next round found its rage. The cannonballs struck the fort inside and out, but there was no splintering of wood, no crashing of walls. When the militia investigated, they found that the iron ball stuck in the soft wood without any damage. The siege continued all day, but the fort absorbed the punishment and the warships were unable to inflict damage. When the British fleet withdrew, the flagship dipped its flag in a salute to the gallant fort. 
softness of character, tenderness, meekness, patience, self-control has helped many a Christian stand against Satan. When you have the victory over Satan, he will not salute you, but the Lord Jesus Christ is pleased. Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turns away wrath. And Satan is dumbfounded when one of God's children stops a quarrel in the beginning by giving a soft answer. The defense of the faith takes all kinds of forts, all kinds of strong character traits, and one of the strongest character traits is softness. However, in ourselves, we do not have the strength to be soft and gentle. We must look to the Lord to provide these characteristics as we yield to His will for our lives. Listen to the words of the song as Steve Bolt sings, There is a name. Name that can drive away sorrow There's a name that dispels in a fear. There's a name that brings hope for tomorrow. It's that name that can drive every tear. The name is Jesus, Jesus, He's the one. On the throne, the heaven's own begotten Son, sinless perfection and pure deity, Jesus, King of kings, is He. There's a name that transcends every nation. There's a name that came down from above. There's a name that brings perfect salvation. It's that name that just simply means love. The name is Jesus, Jesus, He's the one. On the throne of heaven's own begotten Son, sinless perfection and pure deity Jesus King of kings is he
Once again, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, our doors be open here at the Altoona Bible Church. Time now for a Bible study portion of our broadcast. And this morning, the topic of our Bible study is rightly dividing the word of truth. How could the Apostle Paul have been persecuting the church if the church did not start on the mid-acts with him? Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through verse 4. And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. And as for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house, inhaling men and women, and committed them to prison. Therefore, they were scattered abroad, and they went everywhere preaching the word. If the Altoona Bible Church believes and teaches that the church, the body of Christ, began with the Apostle Paul in mid-Acts, Acts 13, how can you reconcile Acts chapter 8 verses 1 through verse 4 with the statement of the church beginning with the Apostle Paul? In other words, how could the Apostle Paul have been persecuting the church according to Acts chapter 8 verses 1 to 4, but the church, the body of Christ, did not come in existence unto Acts 13? Remember, most dispensationalists teach the church, the body of Christ, began on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. Therefore, in their theological position, there is no conflict because the church was already in existence prior to Paul's persecution as recorded in Acts 8. Let's look at the meaning and the definition and the usage of the word church. The word church is a Greek word, ekklesia. It is made up of two words, out and the call. Hence, it means the called out ones. This specific word appears 115 times in the New Testament. The first occurrence of this word is found in Matthew 16, 18. The last occurrence was Revelation chapter 22, verse number 16. In Acts chapter number 19, concerning the goddess of Diana, the theater, the Ephesians, the word was translated, the word ecclesia was translated three times assembly in Acts chapter number 19, verse 32, verses 39, and verse 41. In the context, the word does not refer to a building. It does not even refer to a religious service, but rather it refers to the gathering of the people of Ephesus. The word church, ecclesia, is always a reference to individuals and never to a building, never to a denomination. The word church was used of the church at Colossae, which met in the home of Philemon, Philemon verse 2. The early church did not meet in church buildings like we do today. They met in homes, again, emphasizing the word church as a reference to the people, the called out ones, and not a building. Here are some more references to the word church, but does not references to the church, the body of Christ. Acts chapter 2, verse 47, praising God and having favor with all people, Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Acts chapter 7, verse 38. And this is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel, which spake to him in Mount Sinai, and with our fathers who received the lively oracles, 
to give unto us. If the word church in the New Testament is always a reference to the church, the body of Christ, how would you understand and how would you explain Acts 7.38 where Israel in the wilderness is called the church to call that once of God? How could this be a reference to the body of Christ? And also the word church is found in Matthew chapter 16 verse number 18 and back again in Acts chapter 8 verse number 3. So Saul of Tarsus was persecuting the church the called out ones, but not the church, the body of Christ. There is more than one church in the Bible. Israel was considered a church, and you have the church, the body of Christ. Colossians 1.18, Ephesians 1.21 through verse 23. The church, the body of Christ, did not begin during the earthly ministry of Christ in Matthew 16.18, nor did it begin on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. The church, the body of Christ, is Jews and Gentiles who are joint heirs in one body. The church, the body of Christ, is exclusively a Pauline term, a Pauline doctrine. The term, the church, the body of Christ, is never found outside of the Pauline epistles. Saul was persecuting the church because Saul, Paul, was persecuting the called out ones of the nation of Israel, those who had been saved under the gospel of the kingdom. Saul was not persecuting the church, the body of Christ, because the church, the body of Christ, simply had not begun. The church, the body of Christ, did not begin on the mid-Acts, Acts 13. And we have previously studied this important doctrinal subject. We shared several biblical reasons why the church, the body of Christ, did not start in the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, but later with and through the Apostle Paul. Remember, context, context, context. And what you believe doctrinally affects how you live for God and how you serve Him. If you have any questions about our study or any other questions or Bible verses that you would like studied in light of God's Word, rightly divided, please contact Pastor Stewart at the Altoona Bible Church. The church's phone number is 942-2131, or you can email me at altoonabible at altoonabible.org. It is so important that we study God's Word and we follow what 2 Timothy 2.15 says about rightly dividing the word of truth. So when you rightly divide it, it seems like there's a contradiction between Acts chapter 8 and understanding a mid-Acts position of the beginning of the church, the body of Christ. But when you study it out and understand context and what the word church means, you realize that there's more than one Bible church in the Word of God. There's a nation of Israel, and you can look at Hebrews 2.12 and cross-reference it back with Psalm 22, and then you understand the church, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Christian friend, we need to keep studying God's Word. We need to study in light of the Word of God, rightly divided, looking to the context, understanding these verses of Scripture as God intended to, and not forcing what we think these verses of Scripture teach. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ and you think religion, a baptism, some, some activity, good works will get you to heaven, the Bible teaches it's God's gift. Won't you trust Him right now, right where you're at, before it's eternally too late? Because after we pass, we, it's over. The only way we can trust God is now and in this life.
been listening to Join the Morning from the Altoona Bible Church. We trust that you've received real spiritual blessing from this broadcast. It is our prayerful desire that you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. So until we meet again by radio, this is Pastor Stuart McClellan wishing you God's best for now and for eternity. Still I see, Lord, Jesus is my name.